Welcome to the Courageous Entrepreneur Show. This is the show that shares information and inspiration to help you stand out when you hate standing out, sell your services even though you hate selling, and create the thriving, successful business you dream of and deserve. I'm your host, Whitney Anderson. This show features interviews with entrepreneurs who've overcome amazing challenges to create success on their terms and experts who share insight and practical information to help you move forward with courage, confidence, and clarity. The show is available in both video and audio formats on a variety of platforms, including Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, in the Google Play Store, on YouTube, and of course on my website at winnieanderson.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you will share the show with others, and I hope you'll decide to become a fan of the show on my site at winnieanderson.com fans. When you do, you'll get episodes delivered right to your inbox, along with information, tips, and resources to help you, the introverted, mission-driven entrepreneur, consistently move forward to reach your biggest goals. You know, if you're on your second or third career act and you are growing your own business, one of the big things that you may be wrestling with is fearlessly communicating your point of view and trusting that by doing so, you'll attract the right clients, the right opportunities, the right referral partners. We've spent decades of our lives trying to fit in, fit in classrooms as children and as young people, in offices, companies, and organizations where we worked and where our economic lives were technically in the hands of our employers, and in our family of origin, of course, and in our social circles. Then here we are out on our own, and what's needed is often the opposite. We need to stand out as unique. While in corporate life, we may have led departments, divisions, and whole business units, we took action with a certain amount of comfort in knowing that we could successfully address whatever came up and we understood the parameters within which we could lead. Even if others inside the organization considered us fearless for those times when we stood up for a conviction, it's not quite the same as standing up for what we believe in, putting our point of view out there on the line and putting ourselves on the line in the way that's necessary when you're self-employed and you're the face of your brand. The issue of leading, being seen as a leader and standing out can be downright scary for some of us. It's a very big part of why I named this show The Courageous Entrepreneur, to recognize the challenge, be inspired by and celebrate those who are courageous and learn from experts who can help us do that. And that pretty much sums up why I wanted today's guest on the show. Nuquette Hendricks is a women's leadership coach and consultant, as well as the executive director of a nonprofit headquartered in North Dakota. She grew that nonprofit animal shelter from a low six-figure to a seven-figure budget. Nuquette continues to grow the organization while mentoring the emerging women leaders whom she has the privilege to guide. She holds a Master of Science degree in Public and Human Service Administration and has been a nonprofit executive for over 28 years in various leadership roles. Nuquette is originally from Turkey and has called the USA home since 1987 when she became a naturalized citizen. A fiercely independent spiritual rebel and ocean lover with an unquenchable gypsy soul, Nuquette is always moving towards new frontiers. A word of caution about this episode if you're listening to it on speakers where others can hear. 
there are a couple of instances of profanity in this episode, particularly around our fears of being called the word that's another name for a female dog. So be sure to either wear a headset when you listen or keep the volume low so you don't expose other ears to language that you might not want them to hear or they might not want to hear. It doesn't come up a lot, but I think it's only once, but definitely at least once early in the conversation. So with that being said, listen in as Nuket and I discuss her definition of leadership and why it's important for women to answer the call to lead the important role of resilience in emotional health and how we can help develop that, how to develop and maintain strong boundaries, her explanation of authenticity and how to handle the challenges of being authentic, the fears associated with being a female leader and conditioning we experienced in organizational life. Nuket also shares her thoughts on the eight strategic actions entrepreneurs regularly have to take. As always, listen all the way to the end where I'll share your cocktail exercise and action step for this episode. All right, so thanks so much, Nuket, for being with me. I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me, Winnie. I am excited to be here myself. Thank you. <laughs> Let's just dive right in. So I, I like to make sure that we're on the same page when we get started, make sure that we're using the, the lingo in the same way that people are, are hearing it. So Let's start by defining leadership itself and the different types of leadership that you talk about. What can, so what do you think leadership is and is not? Let's do that. Winnie, let's start first with talking about what it isn't, at least the way that I coach. In okay. my opinion, leadership is not a title and leadership is not an act. In my opinion, and I believe this strongly, leadership is an influence. Every day as a leader, either in our own leadership or in the corporate environment, we are constantly trying to influence others towards an out, you know, desired outcome. Right. That's where the influence comes in. And then I take it a bit further and I say, there is the powerful leadership. By that, what I mean is a woman who are my clients, a woman who knows herself intimately and influences from that intimate knowing and based on those strong values that she carries every day brings her her to powerful leadership and when she's not afraid to put herself out there every day in alignment with her core values then it becomes powerless powerful and fearless leadership that's what i believe in i love that i love that and i agree with you and yeah, and I think that that is also what can be scary about leadership, yes. especially for women and women of a certain age who yes. have been, you know, enculturated, yes. if you will, by yes. all of the society, family of origin, people, you know, places we've worked, etc., to have these beliefs about ourselves and about what leadership is and what women as leaders are. And I think that that's really why it's so important to define these terms and really start thinking about, I think part of what you're saying is that I can make this what I am and who I am. I can mold this leadership thing in a yeah. way that's unique to me. Exactly. And what I believe is the more of us who do that, that's what becomes the norm because everything before then is what we learned. 
I believe now it is the time to learn differently, meaning I'm going to show up as the woman as I as the woman that I am. I'm going to lead from that value, and the more I do it, the more I'm going to model it to the younger woman. They will be encouraged to do that, yeah. and then more of us will do this, and then we can create the norm where a powerful, fearless, strong woman leader becomes the norm, not the exception. Yeah. That is my heart's desire to start create that movement. That's fantastic. And so what I hear out of that also is that it takes giving yourself permission. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Every day. You don't wake up one morning and say, I give permission to leave. It is an everyday decision. It is an everyday once a month movement towards that at a time, one little step at a time. Yeah, and you know, I recently heard Brene Brown talk about, well, not recently, I I watch her videos periodically for a refresher, you know, and I was watching one where she's on Super Soul Sunday with Oprah, Mm -hmm. and talking about authenticity. And she says, authenticity is a decision that we make moment by moment sometimes. And I think leadership is probably the same way because as we navigate through our day, we might be in a meeting and we might say, you know what, this is not the time or the place to fight this battle. This is the wrong place for me to lead. And I'm just going to let this person take over or absolutely you know that sort of thing so uh, yeah i think it's a really interesting topic and an interesting thing that we have to wrestle with as we're on it's also a journey of self-discovery i think without it without a doubt and authenticity like you said it's a moment-to-moment decision women especially have been led to believe you need to be somebody else in the workplace if you want to leave Yes. And when we get away from that belief and say, I'm going to be who I am, number one, we just made the decision to be authentic. And number yeah. two, yeah. then we know what to let go, what to hold on to, what to keep, whether it's in the boardroom, in the office, or at home. Yeah, yeah, you know, so, so well said. And I think that, and we were talking before we, we got in and really officially started the recording here. We talked a little bit about um, what scares some women, and I I think that part of it is, and and I've seen some memes online about this too. That it's not, and Gary Vaynerchuk talks about this too. That it's it's we're afraid of what other people will think, will say, and I can respect that because in corporate life, your career is in somebody else's hand. To a degree, right? Because they can fire you at any time. They can squash you like a bug. They can, but out on our own, I tend to see and hear from women who are frankly afraid of being called a bitch or, or worse. And, and they're afraid of that label. So can you talk about how do we, and I know bitches in the eye of the beholder, right? Of course. So, of course. Yeah. Number one, we all learned to be afraid of that. Because even when we were tiny young women, young kids, yeah. we were taught be nice, be sweet, and don't make everybody, don't rock the boat. We've right. learned that. And to think that that's going to go away 
is number one, unreasonable, unrealistic. What I call is, I think it was in a movie as well. I think he bought a Zoom movie. It said 20 seconds of insane courage. One little courageousness at a time. Number one, they are going to call us. We might be the perfect example of a woman who never rocks the boat. We may still be called a name. If we accept that fact, that may happen. Then we can turn back and say, okay, how am I going to react to that? And how am I going to limit myself based on that? So then we can start taking, especially those of us who are not very risk takers or big risk takers, we can decide on the calculated risk. What is it that I am willing to take? What is it that I am willing to stand up for today? You don't even have to, you know, decide for the rest of your life. But this moment, like you say, at a moment, you can let go of a fight that you're not really interested in. You know, then you don't have to say something. There is something that you feel strongly about. I'm going to give the example of our, I'm from North Dakota, and I'll give the example of Heidi Heitkamp. She has been always moderate, and I really wasn't sure about her. But there was one issue, even though she knew it was going to cost her the election, she stood up for it. See what I mean? That's what I call 20 seconds of courageousness. We don't have to go to the extent that she did, but decide what matters. Also, there's one thing I really do believe. They are going to talk. If they are going to talk, why not give them something to talk about? (laughs) That's right. That's right. (laughs) Sometimes that's my fallback too. Yeah. Because it's inevitable. But as a result, you know, joking aside, I would say, 20 seconds of courageousness on issues that matter to you the most. Yeah, and I think that that relates back to your your discussion of values because you know when this is a line I cannot cross. This is it. I've I've you know I've been the good the good team player, but no, right here, no, I can't I can't do it. I and I, I remember near the end of my uh, career at a casino hotel, I had already put in my resignation and I gave them this ridiculously long resignation period. I think it was like 30 days notice or something. Mm -hmm. And I had a performance review to do for an employee Mm -hmm. who I wasn't thrilled with. And I, I had, had given some constructive feedback in the performance review. So I, you know, I worked for an incredible micromanager and I had to show her the reviews. Like, what am I, three? Come on. I had to show her my reviews before she would allow me to give them to the, she never worked with my staff. What? Anyway, so I'm in there, and I, she had the review I had written, and she said, um, I disagree with you on this. And I said, tell me, when, you has, when you've watched this person perform, tell me. And when you've seen something better than what I wrote, tell, tell me. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's not that. I don't want her to feel, you know, do you, you don't want her to feel bad. Well, that's her issue of how she's feeling. This is her actual performance. She's either performing or she's not performing. It's one or the other. And she insisted that I change the review. And I said, you know what? I'm out of here in, in three more weeks. I'm not changing that review. If you feel so strongly about it, you change that review and take my name off it because I'm not changing it. That's that person's performance. I'm not doing it. And that was the moment of your 20-second crisis. Yeah, because if I hadn't resigned, I would have resigned over that. 
There you go. That that I know was was it it to me it smacked of dishonesty. It's there were so many values. This is really a good example then. There are all these values that are wrapped up in that one situation. Yeah. And no, I would have walked. I, I would have resigned anyway then. Yeah, because being a strong woman leader does not mean that we pick up a, a, a fight all the time. We look and see what really matters. Is right. this even right. worth, right? And then decide based on our values, what are we going to stand up? So, you know, if we just learn the fact that we are going to be scared shitless probably every day of our life, I apologize for that word. I am so sorry. We will be very scared all the time, every day, in yeah. one way or another. But what we can do is accept that fact and say, yes, there is fear. There is learned fears. And these are not real fears. Some of them are perceived fears. We can decide how much it is going to affect us and how we will let yeah. it drive the car for us. Yeah, that's, and that's a brilliant statement as well, because in this, I'm afraid I'm going to get called the B word. Yeah. We've really developed this story in our head. Yes. Right. So, and whether we get called the B word or something else, that's that person's issue. It's their perception and if you really believe in your heart that you're doing what's right, and that's really what we're, you know, we're doing anyway, and, and you're reflecting on are any of my biases in the way, we all have them, yeah. right, and acknowledging them and, and committing to continuously improving yourself as a leader and yeah. being the best person you can be, you yeah. can't change other people's mindset and interpretation of your actions you can just do what you can to help them interpret them in the way that you're delivering them exactly and I here's think. what i believe when we are criticized it hurts because sometimes we believe could it be true like you said so if we yeah. decide to not um define ourselves what other people's definition of us right. and then stay true to our values decide that we are going to grow from those values. That's where we really have the power, our own power, embrace our own power, yeah. and power over our own leadership. Um, and then there is the woman's need to be a team player comes into play. And women are wired to be in a tribe. So we are afraid that we will be shunned. So if we you know, take a look at our need yeah. there, how much of a need we have there, and Mitigate yeah. and manage that again. That puts us a step ahead and um, ahead of the fear of calling the B word. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, um, there's a, a past guest, Emma Churchman, a mm -hmm. great person. She is famous for saying that success is 10% action and 90% managing yourself. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that she's so right. Because really, that's what this is all about. It's just continuing to grow and evolve as a person yeah. and become more self-aware, not just of who we are, how we're presenting ourselves, but also what we're really intending to create here. Exactly. And, and yeah, it's the self-management is the hardest part of the whole process. Self-leadership, yep. So let's, let's talk a little bit, shift gears a little bit, but uh, this is also related and it's this issue of resilience, right? Yes. Because that's what life is, right? You're fighting the good fight. 
at, at different times, choosing your battles. I'm using all these cliches today. But there are times when we get whacked or we get hurt or some, you know, things blow up in our face. So can you talk about developing this resilience and how, how, being, how effectively managing that can help us be strong leaders? Of course, of course. Um, I believe I shared with you, maybe when we were discussing, I look at leadership like an iceberg. What people see on top yeah. is our technical skills. What is not seen to the eye, where on which that we build our leadership, it, the part of the iceberg is our inner resilience. And like you said, it gets hit all the time with the you know personal issues, work issues, et cetera, et cetera. So what do we do? What I found that works when I coach with my clients, what I found is that we apply three components of the inner resilience building to our everyday life, our, in our coaching and our leadership. One is identifying your top five core values because generally that's the top five is we are operating from yeah. and drives our decision. Yeah. And then you look and see how is our life and our work is aligning with these values. If you are constantly out of alignment from these values at work or at home, your inner resilience is taking a lot of hit every day. And then we look and see how we are caring for ourselves, self-care. Believe it or not, self-care is prerequisite to leadership. And then we have the boundaries. Do we have healthy boundaries in place? Yeah. Speaking of Brenna Brown, she says this, the most compassionate people are the people with the strongest boundaries in place. And that tribe, are we surrounded with people who lifts us or pulls us down? Right. When we look at and see how strong these three, you know, five components are in our lives, that's the first step towards a very strong inner resilience because we bounce back. Doesn't mean we are not affected with the things that happens to us. Even if we crumble and fall apart for a moment, we do have the resilience and the wherewithal to pull ourselves up and then keep moving forward because we know we are going to align, we are going to look and see how did, the, you know, how, where did this hit? Is it, was it my self-care? Is it a boundary issue? Was right. it, um, you know, values issue? I do believe that is the most important pillar of our leadership, number one pillar, I call it. Yeah, yeah, love that, love that. And, you know, I'm um, listening to, thinking about how, in corporate life, organizational life, there is such a mentality of lack, right? We're competing for limited resources. Yeah. There are few openings, you know, as, as you to advance. There are few ways to increase your income without taking a, a traditional hierarchical position. So there, there are few special projects, few, so there's this mentality of lack that we're raised with professionally. And then we go out on our own, and I think of it, you know, I, I refer to it as detoxing. You have to really let go of all of those traditional patterns and thought processes that have been in de so deeply ingrained in you, and remember, the universe outside of an organization is actually abundant and there are lots of, there's enough for everyone 
And I think that that's part of the beauty for women of being self-employed, that when you really are focusing on your unique gifts and presenting them in your unique way, and this is where your message, right, and your leadership come into play, you carve out that unique, I call it a slice of a slice, this unique spot for you. Yes. And, and go be, you know, everybody has enough. And it's, it's this whole different way of thinking that can be very challenging when you're first out on your own, because you're so conditioned to no, it's limited. And I have to compete for this because that person's going to get it. And I won't. Indeed, indeed. And you going on your own requires completely a different set of mindset. Total. Wouldn't you say? Total. And then you start growing yourself from that mindset. And, right. you know, from that point, well, how can I open up myself? To right. Yeah. And yeah. That. Yeah. Could go on for days. That, yes. So outstanding. So, so one of, uh, we talked a little bit about boundaries and, and you mentioned it and I'm so glad you did. I know that for me, mm-hmm. uh, this was awful. This was awful when I first went on my own. I had no boundaries whatsoever. And when I started to realize that, then I had to develop that muscle of being able to declare a boundary and protect it. Do you have any strategies that you work with your your clients around to help them start to develop these boundaries? Because I think, you know, your point about it it reflecting on self-care is just so powerful. Yes, and boundaries are the number one that compromises the self-care. So when you, this is kind of like a domino effect. When you decide on your values, these are the values that I'm going to live true to. And then when that becomes your measuring stick, that's this, the, the, the tool that I give to my client. When someone asks you to do something, when you say yes to that, what are you saying no to? Which value are you compromising by saying yes to something you don't want to say yes to? Now, another thing I tell my clients when they are feeling extremely guilty, okay, so here we go. When you say yes, you're going to feel guilty because you didn't respond to that you know, nurturing part of the woman who says to yes everything. And then when you say no, you're going to feel guilty because you said didn't say yes. Which one feels worse? If you're going to feel guilty either way, pick the one that feels less. <laughs> and believe it or not, that works that. like magic. It does. You know what I mean? Because if you're going to make yourself feel bad, pick the one that will feel bad, the, you know, the less. Yeah. Because the more we do it, the easier it becomes, the less we yes. feel guilty but good because we are honoring our values, yeah. ourselves, our energy. Because time management is, is a myth. There isn't time management. There is energy management. If you are doing things that lift you up, that you're happy, you don't feel drained, you don't feel exhausted, you are energized. And you know when you are doing something that is not in alignment with you because you're exhausted, you're tired, you feel like you can't go on one more day or one more hour. So that's another tool that I introduce to my clients, time management versus energy management yeah so so well said and yeah it 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 really you know i think leadership and all of its sub components it's a muscle it's it's i think the analogy or or the the 
the simile of of getting physically fit is and strong is very closely tied to becoming a stronger leader and you know you have to know your own body and and listen to it and and your inner knowing of no i'm not i'm not strong enough to pick that big weight up yet i'm going to yeah. build up to that yeah yeah absolutely yeah. that's awesome awesome i love what you so saying. let's you know we've we've you've mentioned authenticity and yes. we hear that word all the time it feels like a big buzzword and all the gurus tell us we need to be authentic to a degree we know it's true but i would really like to hear what how do you how do you know when you're authentic does it does it tie back to your values and 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 how do how do you look at somebody and go she's not authentic she's inauthentic Thank you for asking that question. Um, I, I hear a lot of people saying, well, you know, I'm crabby today because I'm being authentic. That's not it. That's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> Word and deed and action and how you connect yourself all in alignment. If as a leader, you are saying you believe in family time, but you are working 18 hours a day and expecting everybody else to do the same, you are not authentic because you're just talking. A person, you know, working 18 hours every day that really doesn't care about family time. So you need to be very clear. If you think family is important to you, you need to demonstrate and show that to your team in a work environment or even to yourself. If you believe self-care is important and you are not exercising that self-care, whatever it is, maybe taking a day off or taking vacation time, uh, making sure that you are you know, spending time with friends or family and not allowing a woman, be, I'm going to just keep referring to women because that's our you know, dilemma at workplace, not allowing a woman to go and watch her son play ball and make a big deal out of it, I believe you're not authentic. An authentic leader believe, knows what is important to her and brings that to the workplace. And no one will doubt about how you will respond to something. People will know she will do X, Y, Z if, you know, ABC happens, that they can take it to the bank. Yeah. There's no surprises. That's to great. Me, that authenticity. Yeah, that's, that's outstanding. And I think of it, I think it also fits with credibility. As yes. well, I think it's a it's it's probably closely tied to those. But yeah. I I love the point that you make. It's it does not give you license to be a jerk. No, leadership is making sure that their lives are better because you are the leader. That's what I believe. That's great. Leadership is they are just as successful as you are because you are the leader. Yeah, that is authenticity. That's because that's outstanding. Want, yeah, because you want that for yourself. So. And, and I'm hoping that you want that for, if you are in an organization, you want that for your organization and that you then want that for the staff, the, the team that you're working with. And when you're out on your own, you're building your own organization too, even if it's just a team of, of one or yes. a team of a couple of other people who support you, you're still leading them as well. And these same things apply as well. So regardless, yes, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Excellent. So let's talk about the courageous actions that every entrepreneur needs to take, especially to, to build a business. So we know there are eight. We've talked a lot about leadership because that's, you know, that's the whole nature of our conversation here. So let's, let's talk first of all about marketing. Okay. And, you know, that's where everything begins, right? So do you think, and, and, 
how do you, how do you communicate your leadership and be seen as a leadership through the marketing that you're you're creating and putting out there because you've got a whole bunch of things that you want to convey at the same time, right? Your authenticity, your values, your, your point of view. How do you manage to, is there, do you have a technique? Is there a, a, a type of marketing that you like to do because you think it allows you to be more of a leader, be seen as more of a leader? Good question. Um, it's a struggle all of us has. Number one, deciding first and foremost is, I think, what is it that we want to put out there? Yeah. What is the scariest? What is the biggest thing we want to put out there? That for me has been the fearless leadership because every time I say fearless, people get afraid. <laughs> Believe it or not, and, and as interesting as it is. For me, is being very loyal to what I, the change that I want to make. I decided that there was an area for women that, that we can change or I can change and I can influence and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. And I'm looking for the areas where I can easily deliver it, which is writing blog posts and interviews and podcasts like with you. Yeah. But most importantly, being true and loyal to what is the message I want to put out there. And it is scary to stand in your truth strongly every day. And sometimes you are so, I can only speak for myself, but so afraid that I need to censor myself all the time because I'm going to make somebody mad. Sometimes something happens. Right. Right. I am right on it. I'm going to say everything that I'm going to say. Right. And I forgive myself for those times I didn't. And a lot the times that I stood up. So it is a little dense. Sometimes we miss the step. Sometimes we are always in step and in tune. And yep. I say one thing at a time, one day at a time. Yeah. Don't, don't give up on it. Yeah, and that's brilliant. And I think that the issue that we all wrestle with in our marketing, naturally we get caught up in the how, right? Should I be yeah. on a podcast? Should I have a podcast? Should I use video? Should I? But, but the point really is, if I'm hearing you correctly, it's that you are sharing a unique point of view yeah. and you're, you're not afraid. Well, you are afraid, but you act anyway, right? You, you yeah. get that message out and it's something that you believe so passionately. Correct. And that, that's really how I define a passionate introvert. Somebody who their, the message and their mission uh, amounts, it, it counts for more and drives them more than their own fears about being uncomfortable putting their message out. Thank you. Exactly. So my yeah, desire to speak about it is bigger than my fear of not saying it. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Great. So okay, so selling, right? <laughs> the, ba the bane of everyone's existence, right? I've known people who come on too strong in mm -hmm. a sales conversation, and some who are so passive, like you, they didn't even make an offer. There is no sales conversation, right? <laughs> How do we find that blend of confident leadership and this is what you need and not coming across as a jerk because I think that's what so many women really are afraid they're going to go to that extreme right they don't want to be that guy yes well I, I understand that what I works for um, what I found that works for me is number one I want to make sure that I'm talking to my ideal client that I know 
I can help her solve her dilemma or the struggle that she is having. I can take her from point A and to point B. When I'm confident in that, my sales conversation is no longer sales conversation. It is, how can I help you? And here's how I can help you. And this is what I can do for you. And this is what will happen as a result. So when I'm confident in that, it's easier for me to be able to say, and this is the fee that I charge to, able to be able to help you. Yeah. So if we are talking to our ideal client, instead of trying to figure out if this this person we want to sell to, it becomes easier. But also, as a woman, we want to be softer. I do give them space to be able to make that decision. I do give them the two. I do not reduce my rates just because I am being pushed. That's not honoring me. I need to honor me and I need to honor them. If I'm not the right person, I send them to someone else. But what I found the balance is in talking to my right clients, then I feel strong to be able to put myself out there because I'm confident I can help her. Yeah. So that's how I am dealing with it. Love it. Love it. And, and that so much gets back to being a leader and even into your marketing because if you are, you know, and this is what we wrestle with, right? We try so hard to fit in for the first half of our life and then we're out on our own. We spend the rest of the half trying to stand out. So right. if, <laughs> if you're really clear about the this point of view, right? These key values and these key issues and yes. the problem that you solve and yes. you stand up and and draw that line in the sand and say no this is what i believe yes there are people out there that say this but i'm telling you this is yes. truth for me right exactly that i think helps you become a magnet for the people who are are like amen sister and then yes. you're going to hear no less often exactly because exactly. they want it yeah because how else do you stand in this crowded and noisy and oversaturated market I'm not going to be everyone's prayer or answer to everyone's prayer right yep yeah so. and that's okay that's yep. that's the nature of there's there's something for everybody right exactly. so so exactly. yeah so this is this is me if that's not going to be good for you there are plenty of people over there God bless you go find them so exactly exactly yeah, yeah yeah so and that speaks to back to marketing again why you need to continuously get your message out so that you have this continuous flow of new people who are coming in and you're not feeling yeah. desperate because I think exactly. that's where the problem comes from yeah feel desperate. To, yeah exactly. yeah okay so next up is fulfilling right mm -hmm. and this of course is what we love to do we could fill you and I could probably talk all day about mm -hmm. and never get tired because we love the subject so much. We love coaching. We love teaching. So I think a difficult issue for us back to balancing is, is balancing a friendly relationship with clients with this issue of leadership. Yes. Right. And, and boy, that's tough, especially when you, I love my clients. They're awesome. But I'm friendly, I'm not friends with, right? There's this, yeah. there's this difference. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because I do think it's thorny. It can be thorny. Yes, very much so. And um, let's start with what I believe. First and foremost, I do not coach friends, period. So therefore, there are no boundaries crossed there. there you go. And I send them to someone I trust. There's no coaching. Am I friendly with my coaches or the people that I coach? 
without a doubt, but it is also limited. My yardstick is if I am the only one, you know, constantly giving um, suggestions and being, you know, listening to the other person about their dilemmas, I know that we are all of a sudden in a coaching environment when we don't have the coaching agreement. I don't like um, coaching outside the coaching sessions, if that makes sense. It does make sense perfectly, yes. And I keep it short when that happens or if our relationship has ended as a coach and coachee, right. I keep it limited. That's how I am bal- balancing yeah. it. Yeah. And doesn't mean that I'm not friendly, but I need to be very careful with my boundaries because there was a time I would get phone calls mid- at midnight. I am not, yeah, and I learned the hard way. So I'm really protective of boundaries. I would say right. boundaries and be very, very aware of what the conversation is like. And then when you know that, swiftly change it. Yeah, I think that's a really, really great answer and great set of things to consider. And I think we all know, this is really where that self-awareness comes, right? We all know when we start to feel ill-used. Yes. Somebody has what they think is a quick question. It's never a quick question, right? So, but we want to we wanna be a nice person and we want to respond But then at the same time, for those of us who have levels of package, then you find yourself providing support to somebody who is no longer a client maybe or who is on a different different track, let's just say. And that's not really fair to the person who is paying at this high level for a specific level of access. So yeah, it really does require a, a solid coaching agreement and it may even require drawing that person because they're not thinking about that. It's not like they're a jerk. It's not like they're trying to get over on you. It's right. that they genuinely, it's easier to just send you a message, right? On Facebook exactly. or something. So it's, it's then is your job as the leader to say, hey, happy to give you that two cents. The response is deeper than that. If you would like a bonus session, I can send you a payment link. So you're subtly letting that person know, hey, you're about to cross that boundary and it's time exactly. to, to, to exactly. up the level of payment. Yeah, yes. great. Exactly. great, really well said. So then creating. We all know creating is an important part of yeah. marketing. Do you have any thoughts on you know, this path to thought leadership? And many of us want to stand out. We want to contribute to the industry as well. Mm-hmm. So what, what do you think are some good suggestions for whether it's things to create or, or things to do that help us get that message out and be seen really as a leader, not just to our audience, but even within our profession? Good question, because we all of us are um, challenged by this. What I'm, <laughs> what I am finding is, and I can't say that I found the perfect solution for this by any means, no. But what I'm learning on my journey is that first of all, we need to find the content, um, what, what I call the content influence area. What I mean by that is we can write about million different things, but we need to decide where we want our voice to be the strongest. Now, if you think about Brenna Brown, you think vulnerability, right? She is, she is it. 
uh, when people think of NUCAD, I want them to think fearless leadership. And therefore, everything I create has to end with that. Even yeah. if I talk about something that's completely unrelated to people, you know, what is yeah. the plan? But it still ties into relationship. So I found for me personally, what works is writing, speaking, and doing podcasts. So I had to limit myself to the things that I like doing. Right. When I force myself to do the things that I'm not interested in, it becomes mechanical. It's not authentic. I love talking. So talking with you and talking on stage, I love it. Writing, then I can try my best to influence or rather um, express myself as clearly as possible and to put these out as much as possible. What I also learn is that there's no quick fix. Overnight success is long years of persistence. Exactly. So I'm learning to write creatively, so my material content is better for my clients and trying to put them out there as much as I can, finding ways to submit them and get them published. This is what I am doing, and I'm sure there are a million other great ways to go around this. Right. But this is my system for now. Yeah, no, and, and I love that. And that, that is the whole point, that it, there are so many things, and it's a matter of listening to, getting some ideas from other people and seeing what yes. they do. But I think your, your point about what do you want to be known for, yes. and then really getting focused in on what's going to be the best method for yes. you to get that message out, and I love that you have this, this branded content around the concept of fearless leadership because once you've got that nice hooky way of expressing what you stand for, yeah. it helps people remember you, right? Which exactly. gets right back to marketing. So, and I, I love that anything that, that we can do to simplify our lives that, that just ties everything together. Absolutely. And really, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, excellent. So let's also talk about managing. Now, we know, another one of our favorite topics, we know there are so many facets to managing yeah. a business as you grow it. What do you think would is one of the common mistakes that service professionals make as they try to manage a business? Well, here's the deal. Most women who goes on her own is coming from a corporate background. Would you agree with that? Okay. Yes, I would. I would. Yes. We come from a corporate account, uh, background with how many? I had 16 staff members who helped me run the business. But I have this crazy notion that if I open up my business, I'm enough. <laughs> that, that's our, our biggest mistake. Because when we have so yeah. much help, to run a business, if we really want our business to be a business, we are going to need help for three reasons. Number one, we are not expert on everything and therefore we need experts. Number two, we cannot handle everything ourselves. Number three, there are things we don't like doing. So we need to find someone who does like doing those things. Yeah. So as we grow our business, we do need to bring in team members and know how to manage them. So I would say, going back to managing, manage yourself first and be realistic in what can you expect from yourself. If you yeah. cannot manage yourself to deliver all the deliverables that a business requires, that means you need help. And that's also part of managing. Yeah, 
Yeah, excellent, excellent. Yeah, that's that's outstanding. So, all right, and, and we've alluded to this a little bit too. We know that in in building a business, we're really not just growing the business. We have to grow ourselves as oh, professionals, yeah. right, to get in yeah. there. So, what is one area that you would like to grow yourself in? I can speak for myself and my for, for my clients. What I found is for us women. The biggest area that we need to grow professionally is trust in ourselves and in our knowing because we always think we do not know enough and we use precious time about you know running around learning more right. I am also learning now I know what I need to know for this point in time Tomorrow, I may need more, but right now, I know enough, and that's enough. I will yeah. share what I know. Right. So when it comes to growth, biggest service we can do ourselves is to, to grow the belief that we know what we know, and yeah. it is good enough to deliver yeah. to others. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, I, I, I know I struggled with that myself. Mm -hmm. uh, trusting yourself, really, yeah. right? Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, I, yeah. Yeah, Out outstanding. And then, so one last issue is living, right? Uh -huh. So what is one of your best practices for making sure that you are building a life as well as building your professional career? Thank you for asking that. That also is something you all women struggle and uh, without a doubt. So what I am learning to do more and more every day is that there will come a time I'm just gonna stop. I, I personally cannot be on all the time. I not, cannot be a coach all the time. What I found is that I need to renew myself and the only way that I do is to do something that I absolutely love it has to be built into my life. My, for me, that's being on the beach, even if it is for two days. I am completely renewed. I can come back with enthusiasm and dive into what I need to do. And it could be for a woman spending time with her children or for someone, it might be just going and being on her own. But building in something into your life and that makes you very happy and that it becomes a part of your life, your business, your life cannot be um, mashed. It needs to be separate and have some work hours because especially when we are working from home, we can work from nine into one till midnight on weekends. Yeah. And we need to learn to say, this is my work hours. I start work at nine, I finish at four, close yeah. the door, leave the room. Also, I got, I, I got a different computer for my work and different computer for, for personal. If I need to do things personally, okay. then I don't have any of the stuff. That's great. Blaring at me on my personal computer yeah. till next morning. That's really great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think we do have to figure out these little strategies that will work for us. Back when I used to live in New Jersey, my husband put a door with a lock on the room I used as an office. It didn't have a door. It just had a, you know, the doorway. And that was part of the office is closed. I'm locking the door. So it's whatever you have to do to trick your, your mind. I know I have clients who they actually went and got an office because they just, like you're saying, it was, there was no boundary between work and, and my personal time. Yeah. And it just flowed everywhere through the house. 
no, I got to stop this. So yeah, yeah, I think it's really thinking about what's going to work for you right. and leveraging that. And yeah, it's personal for everyone, but important thing is doing it, whatever works to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Making the decision. There's no magic wand. No, I wish. I, I, wish. I yes, wish. I know. I know. Exactly. And I, 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 I I'm sorry. I just believe everything starts with a decision. This is no different. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nukat, I could go on for hours with you. The people will be glad to know I won't, but this has been such a great conversation. Can you talk a little bit about how you work with your clients and where they can go to connect with you or learn more about the work that you do? Thank you. I work with women leaders who are at a certain point in their leadership. They have at least 10 or more years under their belt. That's a per and they are feeling a little bit of dis disenchantment or um, uh, they are not feeling fulfilled. Those are my ideal clients. And to learn more about me, everyone can go to sheleadsfearlessly.com, all one word. And awesome. also... They can go sheleadsfearlessly.com backslash ebook to download a book where I talk about habits um, that gets in the way of successful women's um, success. And they can download it. Outstanding. And of course, we'll have links to all of that. And, and Nuket is also on Facebook, which is how we connected. So I'll make sure that we've got links to all the ways that you can connect with her and get her great information and stay connected to her. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Rumi. I am so honored to be here. Thank you. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. If you like this episode, please share it with your connections. Please leave a great review for it on the platform where you consumed it. And be sure to subscribe either on that specific platform like iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can subscribe to the video version on my YouTube channel. But when you subscribe on my website at winnieanderson.com slash fans, you'll get episodes emailed to you each week along with corresponding worksheets for that episode. You can also find each worksheet in the show notes for that episode as well. In addition to the episodes, you get information, tips, and resources to help you come out of hiding, get your message out in a more powerful way, and achieve your business goals so you can profit from your expertise. All right, so your cocktail exercise, otherwise known as a reflection exercise. No alcohol needs to be involved. Don't drink and drive. Don't overindulge. All right, so that reflection exercise is really for you to think about the beliefs that you have around leadership and leading. Who do you see in your mind's eye when you think about leadership? What does leading fearlessly mean to you? Who would you be and what would you do differently if you fearlessly communicated your point of view? And what holds you back from communicating that point of view? What do you fear? Okay, now your action step or steps as the case may be. My experience is that what holds people back from fully stepping into their role as a leader to their audience in their industry and to their clients is fear. There's some fear below the surface that keeps us from strongly voicing our point of view. We might be afraid of trolls or we're afraid of what those close to us might say or that we might even lose friends, colleagues, or clients or family members for that matter. You might be afraid of having someone say that you're wrong about what you're saying. 
but great leaders know and communicate their point of view, their beliefs, their values, their philosophy and approach. They have strong opinions. Having a strong opinion does not mean you're a jerk. It doesn't mean you're the B word. It doesn't mean anything. It means you have a strong opinion. And if you are really going to attract the right people for you, you need to clearly stand out. You can't be wishy-washy. You have to have a strong opinion. So great leaders stand up for what they believe is right. So your action step then is really twofold. It's to get clear on your beliefs about the work you do, the problem you solve, the solution you provide. Next is to look at your current messaging. Is it passionately compelling or is it pretty average? The best time investment that you can make is to get clear about your message and its key points and then take action to get that message out. You've got to build your presence and your reputation as an authority. There are things that authorities do that people just expect and that help that person say, oh, that's an authority. Those things all involve communicating your message and putting yourself out there in a way that supports the achievements of your goals. Be sure to visit winnieanderson.com slash lead fearlessly to get the notes and resources and especially the worksheet for this episode. Remember, if you're an introverted solo professional or someone with introverted leanings and you're ready to get support to reach your business development goals as part of a community of like-minded and like-personality professionals, then head over to winnieanderson.com slash join the group and join my Facebook group for introverted, mission-driven entrepreneurs. Thanks for listening, and remember, you deserve all the success you dream of.